0: Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth. Educating, empowering, and connecting Christians to stand on God's word and truth. A man who won't stand up for his own principles is not really a man at all. Get involved by emailing comments at StandUpWithTheTruth.com. You can't handle the truth! Now, here's David Fiorazzo.
1: Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we are going to talk about a uh, movement that's increasing in America today, and that is socialism. Is it uh, serious Actual socialism, or is it socialism light? We're going to talk a little bit about that and how we are kind of conforming a little bit. And uh, we hope you had a great weekend. Let's go to the, the to the Lord in prayer and let's open up this program. Father in heaven, thank you for another opportunity to uh, just speak freely on the radio here. Lord, we have such a blessing, and uh, you provide that for us under the Constitution we have in America, the freedoms we have. We try not to take them for granted, but thank you so much, Lord, that we still have religious freedoms. We still have the ability to speak truth about all of these issues that are so concerning that the Bible instructs us on, economic issues, issues of morality, life, marriage, family, church, all these different things that we're dealing with in our culture, creation. Uh, we thank you, Father, that we can talk about them. We pray that you'd encourage the hearts of those who are listening And we also thank you for giving us a voice and uh, somewhat of an influence here, Lord, and we we just praise you for that. It's a responsibility and a privilege and an honor. We ask that you would give us discernment, guide us by your Holy Spirit, and uh, thank you for this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I've I've had a few uh, emails recently about Mike um, and what's going on, why we're doing shows like this. I just want to share with you, he's out on medical leave. Uh, we made the announcement, or he made the announcement before he left. Um, gosh, I think it's been six weeks ago, but uh, he completed some tests, and uh, Mike is still out on leave. So every now and then someone calls in or gets uh, get emails, but I've got a handful recently, so evidently we, we haven't mentioned it. So apologies for that. Just so you know, we are still praying for uh, his full... Uh, recovery, uh, spirit, soul, and body. And we're also praying for direction for this program. And um, we want to tackle the tough issues. We want to speak truth into these issues. We want to encourage the church, but we also want to be evangelical. We also want to talk about how we can get the gospel out there, how we can be more effective in that. So if that's somehow God can use this hour, this uh, radio program, then, then so be it. So pray for our board of directors who's meeting about this and many many other things, but they're meeting about this program, and uh, we've been blessed to have an audience that has been encouraging us and praying for us. And as you know, any ministry has spiritual warfare, so we would would value your prayers very very much. All right, Crash and I today are going to tackle this subject again: uh, socialism. It seems to be. Expanding at least the idea of it, or people are being more open to it, and I'm talking about in America. It's confusing to me because of the past history throughout the world. So we need to talk about some of that history that is not being taught in public schools and maybe even in many of our universities, but uh, we're not in those universities, so we don't know exactly what's taught. But we see the fruit of what <laughs> young people are coming out of college with today, and it just uh, it seems like they're not getting the whole truth on these issues. Uh, Most of us have heard about the recent polls. We'll talk about one today. I think we mentioned it a week or so ago where uh, millennials, uh, 70% of them, are now opening up, softening toward the idea of socialism here in this country, in America, and 70% uh, say they would freely vote for a socialist. You know, uh, if they're running on the Democrat ticket, meaning Bernie Sanders or whoever else, so, very interesting, um, as you know, the principles of socialism are being proclaimed by major Democrat presidential candidates, but where do Americans stand? Where do you stand? Uh, most of our audience is Christian, um, conservative. Um, where do you stand on this issue? Uh, is the nation really shifting? The idea of socialism is really ancient. Um Organized socialist movements took form in Europe in the 19th century. Socialism emerged as a dominant political ideology in many places around the world in the 20th century. And here we are. Just to refresh your memory, we do have this posted at Stand Up For The Truth from, I believe it was a week and a half ago, where this report came out. Maybe it was a week ago. It was the fourth annual report on attitudes toward socialism, this was done by the Victims of Communism Memorial Foundation, and they revealed some alarming trends among young people. And what some of us would say in junior high or high school, undereducated people, meaning they're not stupid. It's just that they are only processing what they have been told. Some of us would say what they have been taught to think. Now, it's it's just really sad that that fact that where I had that... Here, 70%, 70%, I wasn't making that up, of uh, millennials are open to socialism here, and uh, you know it's been touted as something good. Why don't they hear the whole story? Um, so we'll we'll talk a little bit about that. But let's go to an article, Crash, that um, came out from CNS News. Senator Rand Paul has a new book coming out called The Case Against Socialism. And he noted uh, that... Because of Venezuela's socialist economy, people there are reduced to literally eating their pets. Now, you and I in America are going, oh, come on. Um, we have pets at home. I love We love our dogs, and we have a couple of cats, and we can't imagine this. But Senator Paul said nobody in the media is challenging Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Nobody's challenging Bernie Sanders, for backing the ideas of Stalin, Mao, and Pol Pot. Now, we have to understand, this is, um, let me see, there's a quote from Rand Paul here. He was on C-SPAN's Afterwards, and uh, there was a, a guest, there, guest host there interviewing him. And he said, we have to understand why the world economy got better. It was thanks to capitalism and free markets, he said. And we have to understand why Venezuela's deteriorating into chaos. And he said, um, the debate that we don't seem to have in Congress here in America, he said, we aren't really talking about which economic system is better, meaning capitalism or socialism. Rand Paul continued, nobody in the media seems to care what AOC is supporting or what Bernie is supporting it's Stalin and Mao and Pol Pot, and all these are terrible ideas, and they get away with it because they aren't challenged. He said Marxists who believed that socialism was the near final stage in history that led to communism and, and economic utopia on earth. Um, here, you, you know, we have to understand this started in the 1930s and 40s in America. Why wouldn't it be a stronger movement today? You know, starting from they they infiltrated the um, education, higher education, um, college professors. They educated, I mean, they infiltrated government from, you know, positions outside of a representative position, meaning, you know, congressmen or people that are in government. There are some who are really backing these ideas. And they're seeking to implement socialism on a grand scale. Remember this. (laughs) Do what you will with the facts. Stalin's Soviet Union killed 35 million people. Mao Zedong's Communist China killed 65 million people. Pol Pot's Cambodia killed 1.3 million people. And I don't know why the liberal media today seem to be afraid of the truth especially when it leads to uncomfortable questions about their own leftist worldview. So, Crash, do you agree with Rand Paul that the media, and they are kind of like the gatekeepers of information here when it comes to what the public um, digests or hears, do you agree with them that the media generally is not challenging these ideas from AOC and Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren?
2: I guess they're talking about the mainstream media, like the uh, the main uh, networks, because <clears throat> obviously and cable. There's there's talk shows like the like uh, maybe Hannity or et cetera et cetera that is challenging these. Things. Yeah, very few though. And not Carlson that many. Tucker is very very outspoken about it. So not all media is being quiet about it, including us.
1: We're media. We don't talk about it often, but when polls like this come out and articles like this come out, you almost have to. Because you see this shift in the thinking of young people. I think
2: what it is with the uh, liberal media is it is a clash of the worldviews. <clears throat> and uh, the young people are looking us, looking at it, most of us as old and outdated and uh almost like capitalism has ran its course and so like you said we're taught teaching history even if you just checked out the history of Venezuela one of the most wealthiest nations and how they now are the one of the if probably the poorest well the people just, are I don't know if just the, the in government real does. time and just yeah. in real time something that we could actually witness um, so I like you said it's just educating and I don't know if the media wants to educate they just
1: like fights. The division. No, the edu- the well, the media's job is not to educate. We're, we're probably, coming soon, we're probably going to have to do another program on media and the principles of journalism. What are the core principles of journalism? <laughs> How did it start out in America? Just to refresh your memory, one of the things that the media was supposed to do, the press was created to hold government accountable... The press was also created to represent the people and hear the voice, stand up for the voice of the people and to have the people's best interest at heart. Their job was also, or is also, to report what people say and what is happening. Not to report what they believe about what is happening or what they want to see. But the media is so stinking biased today and it's gotten so out of hand. It's no wonder I think the... Um, Approval rating for the media is, if it's not in the teens, it's lower. Uh, you can go to Media Research Center and some other outlets, Pew, that have um, surveyed the public on that. So it's no surprise that most people do not believe the mainstream media. Now, local media, you think, okay, they're not this bad. But a lot of times, this is the way, it, just the way it works, friends. If you're on a station that is a CBS, ABC, or NBC, and you're on a local newscast, Guess where they get some of their talking points? What about PBS? PBS, progressive broadcasting uh, system. Yeah, no. PBS, what is public? It's supposed to be public. No, it is absolutely left. It's not even left leaning, it is gone. And that's not to say they don't have an occasional fair balanced program on but for the most part they are progressive and it and it shouldn't be funded by the taxpayers with some of the things they've have, had on okay we're getting a little bit sidetracked here but back to socialism the word socialized or social is being thrown around a lot we need to remember what is socialized is state controlled here in the. US we've tried throwing more money at the problems of uh, so-called problems of poverty that doesn't seem to work you sent me an article crash last week called um, Five Reasons Socialism is Not Christian. And this is by Julie Royce, who was on Moody, Moody Radio Network, a uh, show called Up for Debate. I don't always agree with her, and I'm not promoting her, but this was a fair article over at the Christian Post. Some Christians don't like the Christian Post. Go figure. But there's a Barna poll that came out that, that says more Americans think Jesus would prefer socialism than those who believe he would prefer capitalism. Sixty-two percent either weren't sure or didn't know how to respond. Oh my goodness! <laughs> it, it, it is just... He just banged his fist on the counter. No, no, it was my, it was my flat <laughs> hand. It was my, is my hand. Yeah, I. This is just mind-boggling to me, you guys. Um, so, does it when you're out? When you're being asked, I've never been pulled, by the way. So I don't know about the pressure of my microphone in your face. When you're polled, why wouldn't you give an honest answer? I understand if you don't know, and if they're polling young people, of course they don't know because they weren't taught all the facts and all the history on this. But this is the millennial generation is the most pro-socialist generation we've ever known. No surprise. Fifty-three um, percent of Americans under thirty view socialism favorably. Why do you think that is? crash is it just the education system or is there something else or, we're missing going back
2: to that article the reason i sent that to you is because there is that debate going on has been with the social justice movement <clears throat> we'll get and, to that and, and and we'll hang around that scripture what they keep hanging on to is in uh, the book of acts where they distributed the wealth that's where they're hanging around. That's
1: potentially confusing, isn't it? It is. That was Acts 2.42,
2: 240 and, and, and I think. Yeah, Jesus did talk about, you know, sell your possessions and give them to the poor.
1: But he didn't tell everybody to do that. That was one man, the rich young ruler. Context, context, context. He came to Jesus. He was a good person in human terms. He did a lot of good things. He kept the commandments, but he had a heart issue, and God knew it. Jesus, being God in the flesh, he knew it, and he said to the man, one of the few people he said, come and follow me, he said to the man, he said, good, I'm glad you kept the commandments. Now go and sell all your possessions, give to the poor, come and follow me. I could use a man like you who's right with the Lord, with the law, wanting to keep the commandments, but he went away sad. He he was grieved because he could not let go of his wealth. Jesus was not teaching everybody to give everything away and give to the poor. Why? Because he said in another place, he said, the poor you will always have among you. Mm-hmm. He said, uh, Mark 14, 7, the poor you will always have with you, and you can help them anytime you want, but you will not always have me. So understand that. If you have an issue, if you're coveting, if you have an issue with money, that maybe those words are for you. Could you give give away everything, give to the poor, and then follow Jesus, go out to the mission field, or whatever? He's not telling every human being to do that. So the social the uh, social justice promoters will use that, the Christian left, will use that and say, see, we should have socialism in America. Gee, everyone should share everything. Well, yeah, but the problem with socialism, the government ends up controlling everything, and the people end up sharing equally the misery, <laughs> the poverty and the misery, that's what people equally share. So it's not like Acts chapter 2 when they're talking about people were voluntarily. There's another thing. And it was the church. It was voluntarily. People were giving up their goods to to share the gospel, to advance the ministry, advance the kingdom. They were giving up their goods. They were sharing. They loved one another because they had a common Goal? Do you think the secular government in America, or any country, but in America, has a common goal, like the church following the biblical guidelines to go and, and preach the gospel, make disciples of all nations, do you think that the government should be lumped into Acts chapter 2, 40, 42 through 46, I think, when people were sharing their goods and giving for the good of the community there, the church? They were not saying, hey, Hey, Rome, <laughs> Roman government, come on, give all your goods away. Give to the poor. They were not locking arms with the government. So I know I'm getting passionate about this. And it's because of the lies. It's because of the deception well, crash. And you triggered me.
2: me. And back, back what you said, <laughs> I have a T-shirt that I wear sometimes. And it says, socialism, where everybody starves equally. <laughs> exactly. No. And, and, and Sorry, w- that's When sad. I'm wearing that shirt, I have a lot of older people come up to me and say, I like your shirt. Then I get the dirty looks from the younger people, and it really does look like a generational gap. Hmm. And the the arrogance of you and me when we were young were thinking, we're going to take this and do it right, and that's the argument. Yes, you're right. That socialism that they did in Russia, in Venezuela, they did it wrong. Now we're going to show you how to do socialism right they're calling it democratic socialism.
1: Oh, okay. So why does that make it different?
2: Well, again, I wanted to go back to that article. What other things are the Christians saying? Because I did
1: Well, there are there are four points that Julie Roys makes, and we're going to finish... We'll get to those um, after we take a break. But I agree with some people that our political system... This is what the youth are being brought up, believing that America's bad, the political system is, is awful... And um, I agree with them that the politics and the government, the political system desperately needs reform, but socialism is not the answer. You can say, okay, yes, this is a problem. But they're they're offering the wrong solution, and it is not biblical. It may sound compassionate and Christian, but it's actually antithetical to everything Christianity
0: teaches. We're going to reinforce that point and continue with this article when we come back. If you want more info on the topics of today's show, then visit StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, back to David Fiorazzo. Okay, we will discuss a little bit about social
1: justice and what that means, what some people think it means in a little bit, because Crash, I'm glad you brought that up. But we're going through these points on um, why socialism is not Christian. Uh, five points, and pretty quickly here, because we have a lot of things to talk about. Um, socialism is based on a materialistic worldview. According to people like Bernie Sanders, the greatest problem in the world is the unequal distribution of wealth. So his website declares this on Bernie Sanders' website, quote, The issue of wealth and income equality inequality is the great moral issue of our time. Comma. It's not the gospel. It's not life in the womb. It's not the family. It's not, that, the, hmm. it's not marriage. It's not the truth about creation. It's income inequality. It is the great economic issue of our time, he says, and it is the great political issue of our time and a moral issue, income inequality. So to socialists, all that really exists is the material world. They don't believe in God, apparently, right? So they are godless. They are, many of them are atheists. Karl Marx, the father of socialism, he invented the notion of dialectical materialism. What is that? It's the belief that matter, the material, contains a creative power within itself. This enabled Karl Marx to eliminate the idea of and the need for a creator. It makes sense, doesn't it? To socialists, suffering is caused by the unequal distribution of stuff. It's all about materialism then. If there's no God then hoard everything, but this is all we get on this earth in this short life here. This is it. So there's no acknowledgement of spiritual issues. Okay? Now, what does the Bible say? The Bible says the cause of suffering is, drumroll please, sin. Our separation from God as man. And we know that salvation is found in the cross of Jesus Christ, which liberates us from sin so the quality of life is not determined by how much stuff we have and in America this is hard you guys I know a lot of us struggle with coveting a lot of us struggle with idolatry a lot lot of us struggle with leisure and materialism and everything else I said a lot of us I've had to repent of my coveting more often than I think any other sin in my life but what's most important our relationship to Christ, and with Christ. So number two, now we're going through five reasons socialism is not Christian. Socialism punishes virtue. Remember Karl Marx famously said, from each according to his ability, to each according to his needs. But God designed rewards and consequences, right? In socialism, everybody gets the same. Right? Uh, whether that's, Suppos- yeah, Supposedly. <laughs> allegedly. Supposedly. Um, Karl Marx, in, 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 if you read some true history here, he actually mooched off others his whole life and um, stories about him failing to provide for his family, his wife and his children. You can look that up. You can go, wait a minute, he touted socialism. Was well, Didn't he have everything? So it didn't even work in his own family, I guess. Um Anyway, let's let's move on here. Uh, the, what does the Bible teach? Uh, 2 Thessalonians 3.10, The one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. In other words, anyone ref- who refuses to work should be refused aid. Now, what about the orphan and the widow? Well, they, they are vulnerable. They rely on others, the husband or uh, the, the people, re- re- children rely on uh, their mom and dad and a widow would rely on her husband. So it's not that they are unwilling, so we are to help them. James 1.27, perfect religion, is one who who provides for the orphan and the widow. But this is a person maybe in their 20s. (laughs) Maybe they just don't want to work because they think the government can help them. Well, the Bible teaches against that idea of some might call it laziness, If you're unwilling to work, that's not to say someone who is handicapped and cannot work. That's different than someone unwilling to work. So um, we're talking about this, people being rewarded by their work. And um, what what was the point? Number two, Um, socialism punishes virtue because everybody's, I guess, equal. Right, Crash? Everyone starves equal. (laughs) Starves equally. Um, so any thoughts on that? Any other scriptures come to your mind about nope, that? Nope. nope. So there, God does set up a system of rewards and you know, punishment. Um, the world or the New Age ripped off the concept and they come up with karma. But the biblical concept is you reap what you sow. But that was intended to mean the gospel. But it also means doing good works. We do reap what we sow. Um, number three, socialism endorses stealing. Wow. So why is that? How, how can we say that? <clears throat> well, the government forcibly taking a piece of the pie from one person and giving that pie to someone else, is, is that saying, okay, we're supposed to share the pie, but what if I don't want to give up a piece of pie? <laughs> what if I want the pie for my family? <laughs> I worked hard for this pie, Crash. It's pumpkin pie. It's my favorite. Right. But, the, but the, no, no, no. The government says, no, no, no. Cut it in half. And you give half away. Well, I worked hard for it. No, you share it. So socialism forces people to give to someone who has not worked for it, who has not earned it. Um, One example here, if you have three cars and your neighbor doesn't have a car, the government has a right to take your car and give one to your neighbor. I don't know which car they would take, but you know what I mean? I mean, is that right? That's stealing. It is. That's not Christian socialists generally do not believe in private property, okay? Now let's go, go biblical here. Both the Old and the New Testament affirm private property. They gave it away. If they didn't have any wealth, if they didn't have private property, they wouldn't have given it to the church community, right? They had it to give, and they gave voluntarily, it's cheerful givers. We can't even obey the Eighth Commandment not to steal unless we accept the notion of, of private ownership does that make sense yeah i
2: I was i was actually thinking about the taxation why are you giving back the government back their money you know that kind of thing it was i mean they they had to have census and they had had tax collectors everywhere and that's that was the problem yeah
1: (laughs) so for an economic and political system to be uh, christian it must protect Freedom must protect private ownership, must allow individuals the freedom to allocate their resources according to their conscience. What what are we seeing today? Speaking of conscience, Christians being sued because they want to run their business a certain way. Uh Uh-oh, government's getting in there, Crash, little by little. Uh, Number four, socialism encourages envy and class warfare. Um, Socialists how many times they demonize the rich? Mm-hmm. How many times have you heard those rich Wall Street blah, 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 or corporation owners or business owners that are making millions of dollars? When most of these political candidates, most of these people that are saying this, they're making millions themselves. The hypocrisy goes unnoticed because, again, what Rand Paul said, nobody in the media challenges these socialists. They don't challenge these ideas. Um, Sanders, where's this thing, uh, face, on his Facebook page, he wanted to wage a moral and political war against billionaires, corporation leaders, Wall Street executives. All right, it's all under the guise of greed, right? So greed is bad. I would agree. Crash, would you agree? Greed, yep. greed in itself is bad. I agree. People should. What about all the uh, professional football players? What about professional basketball players? uh, What about people making millions and millions of dollars for playing a sport, whatever sport that might be? They should give away money. They shouldn't be greedy and buy four houses and eight cars and fly all over the world. Oh, I thought you were talking about
2: these pastors. Word of faith pastors. Those two,
1: word of faith pastors. They're spending it on themselves. That's greed. That is greed. It's hypocrisy. I agree with Bernie Sanders. People should be generous. But I don't agree that it's the fault of every single wealthy person. But they want to demonize the rich. What Sanders is doing is mimicking Karl Marx, who viewed history as a series of class struggles. Don't you know in the last 10 years or so, more of this conflict and debate has come up about class, or oh, the lower class, and the middle class is disintegrating, Oh, and the upper class, the rich, you know? So the class struggle. Marx viewed history this way, between the rich and the poor. And what did he advocate? Overthrow the rich, overthrow the ruling class. Here's what, now we should give to the poor, but again, voluntarily, from the heart, generosity is encouraged throughout Scripture, from Jesus to Paul to everybody else. Proverbs 14:31, for example, says, whoever oppresses the poor shows contempt for his Maker. But Sanders and others such as Hillary Clinton, they condemn an entire class of people. There there are some good, wealthy people. There are some good executives. There are some good people, corporation owners. But the, the, they're waging war. This class warfare, they're encouraging those who are poor to overthrow them. So how do you do that? Well, if, if it if it needs get people like Antifa, if you need to get to go to violence, do it. But they're saying vote. <laughs> right. Vote to overthrow. But whatever you need to do to topple the wealthiest, one percent. All right.
2: Yeah. Well, vote for us and we'll go after them. Your government yeah, you, will go after you vote for us and we'll do that. For that's you. a
1: good point. Do you understand what they're promising there? You get us elected to office and we we'll are get gonna, rid of the guns. Put yeah. me in
2: office. We'll go get the guns. Yeah, do this, this, do this.
1: We're going to get those wealthy. We're going to penalize those wealthy people. Okay, let's give them the benefit of the doubt here. They're going to penalize the wealthy. Let's just say, let's just say that penalty is a tax or a fine. It doesn't matter. Like the Obamacare mandate, it's either it's either tax or a fine. Either way, people are paying. So right. let's say they they're going to go to the wealthiest people and they're going to say we're going to tax you, we're going to penalize you, we're going to fine you for being so rich for using the free market system for your own benefit. Is that what the American system is about? Is that what our constitution would allow for the government to tax people who are using the freedom and the resources they have here in America, whatever business, whatever that might be to grow? Some of them are doing some amazing things. Some of them are given to charity. Some of them are doing some good nonprofit work, but not all of them. There's a lot of greedy people. But do you penalize them all? Because how do you determine that then? How do you say, okay, government is gonna tax or penalize the most wealthy, and how do you determine those who are doing good and those who are truly greedy? And what are you going to do? I can tell you this, if I was a
2: CEO of a public company, very successful company, and I just got a tax, well, that's real simple. I'm just gonna go to another country. Yeah, that's no, what I'm, they gonna do. Take, I'm gonna take my yeah. company yeah. and my workforce, And take them overseas or someplace. Get out of here. Now you just eliminated a bunch of jobs. Uh, Products are going to be; those products
1: are now going to cost higher because they're going to be taxed. Do you understand what he just said? That's an excellent point because a lot of companies, especially during the Obama administration, they got out of dodge. They left America for another country, Mexico, you know, somewhere else because they could operate much less uh, costly, and it was you might want to say cheap even and they weren't taxed here if you're making money if you're making an income you're paying you know thousands of workers and you're being taxed millions of dollars on your profit oh my goodness no wonder companies if you're penalizing that's why people hate trump he wants to bring these businesses back to america what's wrong with that more american jobs that's what he's been doing now he hasn't done everything perfectly but let's back up here, friends. Let's understand what's happening and what this fight is about. It is a class struggle. They're creating great products. People like Bill Gates, all right? <laughs> we have a lot of opinions on him. You know, a founder of Microsoft. He's, he's made billions, right? But he's doing some good things. He's employed a lot of people. He's provided a lot of jobs. He's, yes, he's produced wealth. Should we penalize him, fine him, tax him even more because he has more than the average <laughs> millionaire, billionaire. So Exodus twenty seventeen, we should not covet. Philippians 4, 11 through 13, we should be content. Paul said, in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I have learned the secret of being content. And he said, I can do all things through Christ. One more point, and then we'll move on. These are reasons socialism is not Christian, Uh, Socialism seeks to destroy marriage and family. Uh Uh-oh. From its beginning, it has sought to destroy the family unit and structure. What socialism seeks is for the state to replace the family. That way it can indoctrinate children in its leftist way of thinking and remove from them any notions of God and their creator and the Bible, and truth, and religion, remove all that. And we understand the family is such an important unit and structure here in America, for one. Um, it was Friedrich Engels. Someone says Frederick, but I think it's Fried. So Engels, he co-authored uh, the Communist Manifesto. He once wrote that the society he envisioned would be one, of, uh, one where the single family ceases to be the economic unit of society. Did you get that? This goes right along with the communist manifesto. We're going to talk about some communist goals that most of them have been accomplished. We'll plan on getting to that by the end of the hour today, but one more point, Bernie Sanders calls for a revolution in childcare and for the government to provide early childhood education beginning with children as young as six years old. Six weeks. Like I said, six weeks old. <laughs> six weeks old? What? Yep. So take away kid, babies from their parents? Educate? Six who's weeks gonna ed- old. Who's going to educate? Oh, government. Do you hear that, friends? Do you hear that, young people who may be listening? You're probably not. Who are voting for Bernie Sanders and want this socialist revolution to take, take place. Well, he wants to radically change childcare and wants the government to come in and educate and care for young children, what would that do? Well, that would kind of set the parents aside, wouldn't it? And whatever they're trying to teach their children about, the truth about God, the Bible, history, creation. Um, of course, Sanders is a proud supporter of gay marriage. And um, one uh, man, Paul Kanger, says gay marriage is communism's Trojan horse to secure the final takedown of traditional marriage. But we need to go on. Um, There's nothing Christian about socialism. You can soften it up all you want to. And we didn't even get into the, the detailed history, world history, about the millions of lives that were destroyed, eliminated, wiped out, killed under these regimes. And there's absolutely no way Jesus would ever support it. I just want to read something that Jesus said. Um, Isaiah 61, 1 and 2. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. Now you can look at that as, okay, spiritually poor, uh, physically poor. In other words, I'm parenthetically inserting here, it's not the government's job to take care of the poor. That's the job of you and I, Christians. It's the job of the church. And Jesus said, the Lord has anointed me And he left us to do his work, so the Lord has given us that responsibility. He said he sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. That's Isaiah 61, 1 and 2. Um, There are poor in spirit, and there are poor financially, um, materially. And what's the answer for both? Poor in spirit and poor materially and financially. It's God. It's the love of God for those poor in spirit. They need the gospel. They need to hear the truth for those poor materially, financially in our society. They need the church. They need you and I. They need Christians to speak into their lives, to offer them hope, to help them hope and help, but not for the government to take over their lives not only provide for them, but educate them from the earliest of ages. I hope we've clarified some things and made some
0: solid points. Um, A lot more to get to when we come back. If you want more info on the topics of today's show, then visit StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, back to David Fiorazzo.
1: Okay, moving on, talking a little bit about uh, sanitized socialism. And um, social justice is in there. We just haven't, haven't the time to go into that in detail and uh, let's just just mention um, the, the social and environmental justice issues are not about justice at all. And um, yeah, we, we just don't have time to really talk in depth about that. But to liberals, social justice means a level of fairness as defined by them and enforced by the state. That's social, quote, justice. And religious liberals have invaded the evangelical Christian churches with their version of social justice. Basically, social justice is a code f- phrase of the left, which believes in a classless society. All differences in wealth and poverty should be eliminated. Um, it's a political movement. Generally, believes people are born into an inflexible socialist order. But want to get to the, some goals. I teased this earlier. We said we we're going to talk about communist goals. Uh oh, what? Communist goals uh, well let's talk about this here first a couple points. did you know that even though the Cold War ended we didn't you wouldn't think that communism completely died and went away, right? when the Cold War ended, America was infiltrated by some of these European socialists, progressives and communists <laughs> We don't have time to get into the history of it. Socialism is a natural, and necessary step in order to achieve communism here are a couple points what are some obstacles to resisting socialism in America strong biblical churches and informed active citizens and of course strong families the environmental movement began because world communism failed the American left and our own government today has continued to carry out some of these goals. Um, what are these goals? Well, do we need to say anything in, in, in before we introduce these? I don't think so. I think we, we can just jump into these, Crash. Um, one thing first going back to a man who ran on the Socialist ticket, Socialist Party of America, I think he ran for president six times, Socialist Norman Thomas. He was the grandfather of Evan Thomas, who was a. Um, major player in the Newsweek and Time magazines. He was the editor, Evan Thomas. So his grandfather, Norman Thomas, make that connection now with the media, with the press, with Newsweek and Time magazine. And his grandfather said this, The American people will never knowingly adopt socialism, but under the name of liberalism, they will adopt every fragment of the socialist program until one day... America will be a socialist nation without ever knowing how it happened. So we've been seduced by this ideology. And um, let's see, do we need to No. Let's just jump right to these goals. Um, One more thing. One more thing. I want to quote Robert Knight of the Washington Times. He did an article about the Free Stuff Army (laughs) Uh, about 10 years ago. He said, how could so many young people expect others to pay entirely for their college education all their medical needs their job training which bernie sanders has promised he said people falling for the siren song of socialism are not callously ignoring the many are the many failures and atrocities committed in the doctrine's name they're not ignoring it he said they're often blissfully unaware For the past several decades, government, public schools, and and nearly all colleges have touted socialism's principles of redistribution, racialism, and class envy while declining to connect the dots between socialism and tyranny, examples of which abound. So that's history. And like I said, we don't have time to get into all the history behind this. But let's go to these goals how, where did I get this? There's communist goals from 1958 that were actually read into um, the record. They were, went on record, I think, in 1963. Let's see if I have that right. I think they did. Okay. So pay attention to, to some of these goals. There are, there are 45 of them, but we are going to go to – these are goals like the U.S. acceptance of the coexistence Uh, Let me just skip that. There's too many, too many to get to. There's 45 of them. A couple different places you can go to, though. 1963, this was read into the Congressional Record. It's in the appendix of the Congressional Record during a session in the House of Representatives. Two books 1958 book by FBI agent W. Cleon Skousen called The Naked Communist. And Curtis Bowers did uh, these documentaries, Agenda. His father, wrote a book in 2011 called The Naked Truth and so here are some of these goals uh, communist goals number 15 capture one or both of the political parties in the United States number 16 use technical decisions of the courts to weaken basic American institutions and number 17 get control of the schools use them as transmission belts for socialism and current communist propaganda remember now this is 1958 and 1963 when when these were uh, these were brought to light 18 gain control of all student newspapers 19 use student riots 20 infiltrate the press get control of book review assignments editorial writing policy-making positions. Uh, Number 21, gain control of key positions in radio, TV, and motion pictures. Number 24, eliminate all laws governing obscenity by calling them censorship and a violation of free speech and free press. Number 25, break down cultural standards of morality by promoting pornography and obscenity. In books, magazines, motion pictures, radio, TV. 26. Present homosexuality, degeneracy, and promiscuity as normal, natural, and even healthy. 27. Infiltrate the churches and replace revealed religion with social religion. Eliminate prayer or any phrase of religious expression in schools. Why? Separation of church and state. 29, discredit the American Constitution by calling it inadequate, old-fashioned, out of step with modern needs. Uh, 30, discredit the Founding Fathers. Uh, We can, okay, one more. 32, support any socialist movement to give centralized control over any part of the culture, education, Social agencies, welfare programs, mental health clinics, et cetera. Again, not enough time to get into all of these crash, but we just read about, well, we, we highlighted maybe a dozen uh, to 15. But what are your thoughts on some of these? You, you, and, you know, you can almost say, all right, well, that was a goal. And by the, you can put a check mark by these. Most of these have been accomplished by the left. And these were communist goals going back to nineteen fifty eight read into the congressional record in nineteen sixty three um, We'll put this article. I think we shared it before in fact we've had, it's been several years since we've talked about these, but what are your thoughts on the communist goals that we just talked about it's i'm I've been glancing over as you've been sharing
2: these forty five goals I, I see the uh, first one was U.S. acceptance of coexistence as the only alternative to atomic war. So this was in after the atomic uh, age in the uh, mid-40s, mm-hmm. how they started addressing that because, of course, that was top of mind, right? So mm-hmm. the first one was the only way that we're going to be able to uh, stop this is to coexist. And now everything else will start unraveling. Mm. And... Uh, Get U.S. willingness to capitulate in preference to engaging in atomic war. So it, it started with the coexistence. Now, how are we going to get along? And this is the only way that we're going to get along. Yeah, This is how we get along with sin. You hmm. give in to it.
1: Coexist. What does the Bible say? Romans 12, 2, do not conform to the pattern of this world. We transform. Israel was warned so many times not to engage with other Nations that were not of God. Um, number six is interesting. Provide American aid to all nations, regardless, regardless of communist domination. Provide aid, so you're now you're connected, right? It's just amazing. If you go through this list again, we'll post it on the website. In this post, in today's do podcast.
2: away number thirteen, do away with all loyalty oaths. F-
1: loyalty of well that 13. means that mean well they were in the 1950s i don't know when it was i think it was in the 50s when they, they were trying to sift through hollywood and find out which producers or whatever hollywood celebrities or stars had a communist um background or wanted to promote that they're trying to this interesting so Resist any attempt to outlaw the Communist Party was number 12. And number 13, do away with all loyalty oaths. In other words, we are loyal to the, the United States and its Constitution mm-hmm. and everything else. I know. They wanted to, well, I, just for the listener to understand, in other words, don't be loyal. Don't pledge allegiance to the flag, right? Right, right, right. That's what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Um, it,
2: uh, it. I'm just skipping through all of these. Well, it, well,
1: have they captured one of the political parties, do you think? That was one of their goals. I think they captured them both. To some degree, yeah. Um, they infiltrated the press. They gained control of radio, TV, motion pictures. Said, it
2: said gain control of more unions and big business. Mm-hmm. You know that. Yeah. Uh, number 40, discredit the family as an institution, encourage promiscuity and easy divorce. Look how wow. easy it is to get a divorce. Look how easy it is.
1: Remember, this was 1958, right? And yeah, what what I don't know when California passed their no-fault divorce. Laws. There's a lot of there's a lot of states, but yeah, then then the whole of course the whole country now. But if we go back and understand where we're at today, it just we know this by now. It just didn't happen overnight by accident, um, but we are still that we're praying for this country. All we can do is pray for revival. We can try to raise awareness. We can try to speak truth about these things. Um, God has been rejected in this station that we used to call one nation under God, indivisible, uh, with unity and justice for all. I think we're divided Uh, it's obvious, it's clear, in in almost every way, sadly, but we need to talk about unity, at least in the church. Let's start in the church. Let's unite Christian friends. And uh, (laughs) our religious freedoms are at stake. Truth has been redefined, and the enemy will not stop. There's one thing, um, where did I see this? There's one more quote I want to share before we take our final break. Um, I don't remember where, where, what article I saw it in. Here we go. It was in that article we just started reading. Forty of these goals possibly have been accomplished, if not fully implemented. Remember this. Evil doesn't sleep, and it will not relent. One reason we are where we are today has to do with the apathy and busyness of Americans over the past several decades, and this includes Christians. We pursued happiness. We've gone to work. We've established careers. We've taken care of the kids, perhaps attend church and got involved. But we've quietly minded our own business when it comes to these things. So very sobering topic today, but we need to remember who is sovereign over all this. God's not up there going, oh, my goodness, America is shifting left, (laughs) you know, or whatever. I didn't see that coming. Yeah, yeah, God's saying, "Ah." isn't that something just occurred to me god said yeah, god, right, right. nothing ever occurred to god i think right. we, we were talking about that last week god never said boy something just occurred to me no he <laughs> he knew he, he sees the beginning from the end i was reading a little bit of uh revelation chapter 22 over the weekend and we have a great hope and we have a great truth to look forward to and his return is promised and um the <laughs> We will be judged, and um, there will be a separation of sheep and goats. Make sure you are eternally prepared, my friends. Make sure you know the good news of Jesus Christ and are sharing that good news because there are people dying all around you. People need it. And there in fact, there's another death over the weekend of uh, someone. Um, I just want to encourage you guys. Psalm 90, verse 12, Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. We need to take our final break, and we'll come back in a minute.
0: We're getting ready to wrap up today's show. Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate now here's David
1: Fiorazzo all right we've got a good show tomorrow Crash will be speaking with Dave Wager And on Wednesday, we're going to talk about Kanye West. Is it real? Is he saved? Is he making disciples? Thousands are giving their lives to Christ because of him. Thousands are searching the Internet about Jesus. Is this true? Could this be happening? We're going to evaluate that. We're going to examine what's going on here, and we'll give you our thoughts. I'm David Fiorazzo, Crash Connell, Thank you so much for standing up for the truth for us. God bless you, and keep speaking the truth about things that matter.